Welcome back to Please Don't Fire Me. I don't know. I say it with the same uh, emphasis every like time. And, and everything. Yeah, and it, it's kind of sounding strange. We I need some know. new ways to say it. I don't know. Please don't fire me. Please don't fire Please me. don't fire me. <laughs> and today is episode 40. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. And I am Craig Buckner. <laughs> you oh, are... I wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> Pastor Jeremy. Okay, you're going to go with that. <laughs> well, I was just thinking, you know, we say Pastor Craig and Pastor Jeremy all the time. Yeah. And you were just telling me that there's a quite a few likes on our YouTube channel that aren't people that necessarily come to our church. That doesn't mean that we're not pastors, but I always consider myself to be a pastor to those I shepherd. Mm-hmm. And I guess we are shepherding, so maybe we should stick with that. I don't know. I just um, I threw that out there and threw you for a loop. Though. Yeah, you did. you love to do this to me. I know. Every, I do. Every new episode, you're putting I, something. I new like out to there. trip you up in the beginning so that we have something to talk about. Because otherwise, it's just we're going to jump right into the topic, and then everybody's going to be like, you know, I see. Actually, being what they came for and that is something that i would do right i'm a very linear thinker i'd be like let's get down to business craig you are and then you gotta do something to just mess me up you know i think when people trip and stumble a little bit people like to watch oh thanks so So you you, you're testing this theory on me it's well (laughs) no i i i'm fumbling around too in fact that brings us to our topic for today which we are going to fumble around with yeah this should be interesting um, we've, we've had lots of conversations about this and we are all over the place with it. The term you used was this thing has a lot of tentacles, Yes, which I liked that you said yeah. that. Cause I thought <laughs> that's a good description of how my brain is functioning at the moment. Yeah. It's yep. being pulled in different directions. And you know what? That is appropriate for what we're going to talk about because I, we don't even have a title yet. Uh, we may come up with it by the end, but, um, we're going to talk about conspiracy theories, mm-hmm. and that's the overarching theme. We may have to break it down later on in other podcasts, but this is kind of the introduction to this. We've been avoiding it. We talk about, we we always touch on it a little bit because mm-hmm. we're talking about different current events and things, and we're speculating on where these things come from and how much truth there is behind them and um, whether or not they were planned that way and all these kinds of things so i think that's why we struggle with it a little bit because conspiracy theories are i've seen them uh i've seen them operate in very unhealthy ways absolutely in believers lives or in anybody's life but especially in believers i i kind of think there might be a little higher incidence of it among believers but that could just be uh, our cultural setting right now, you know, uh, and, and I, I don't want to really explain. Well, I'll explain it this way, that we we're seeing a rise in more liberal contemporary thought, humanism, things like that. And then as Christians, we push back against it. And so that naturally causes us to be suspect of anything that's said because we don't agree with the current state of affairs and so that tends to make you a little more conspiracy-minded, I guess. And yeah. 
Well, I mean, one way to look at it is the narrative that dominates public discussion is completely driven by one ideology. And so then if you mm-hmm. therefore think differently, you already feel like you're an underground thinker. Right. And yes. AKA conspiracy theorist. Right. So I don't know. It's inter- It's an interesting time to be alive. I remember, <laughs> uh, well, I remember being a kid and going to the book fair at school when I was in elementary school. And there was this book that was on, uh, I can't remember the name of it was, but it was all these like mysteries, you know, mm. and I thought it was fun and I bought it and it's all these supposedly true stories and there's stuff in there about the abominable snowman and this guy getting abducted by an alien and Mothman yeah. and I don't know if you remember yeah. any of these things before. Yeah. Sasquatch, oh, I was, I'm sure. Yeah. I was mm-hmm. so intrigued by it. Mm. It was like juicy, you yeah. know, when you're oh Bermuda Triangle right. was another yeah. one. Oh yeah. man, all that stuff was super interesting. And I've left it mostly all behind. <laughs> it was, mostly it was fun at the time well i i can't remember all everything that was in there i think most of it i i would dismiss Loch Ness monster you know all these different yep. things right yep and uh you know it's just interesting because when i think here's the thing when i think of conspiracy theory that's the kind of thing that i think of are those types of um i guess stories or legends that live on Nice, nice, nice. I like it. But the term conspiracy theory is used differently today. In fact, it's used not to talk about those kinds of unproven legends that I'm talking about. Right. It's used basically to describe anybody who believes something different than what I believe. In other words, I feel like we've broadened the use of the term so that it's actually become, in my opinion, not a helpful term anymore. That's my feeling on it. Well, yeah, and I agree with you. It's it's almost it's used as a derogatory term. For sure. For somebody. So if you're a conspiracy theorist today, you are a nut job mm-hmm. that um can't be reasoned with um you know, b- believes in ghosts. You, you get you get put under that label of everything. Mm-hmm. And that isn't even fair. To the term, I mean, uh, a conspiracy is when people hide what they're doing. They conspire. They, they conspire to do something that gets them, gives them traction, or gives them power, or um, influence in a certain way, uh, or maybe money, or whatever. They they to get some gain from it. They conspire to do that together, and. So, you know, then a conspiracy theorist, then it like that term has just been totally changed because that's that's somebody who believes in in aliens. Now, nobody really conspired for there to be aliens. Mm. I guess I guess you would you would say a conspiracy theorist might believe that somebody's covering up right that there are aliens so that's area 51 and all these kind of things yeah so those kinds of things i guess um uh, but whether these things exist or not are either truth or not right that's that's all there is to it it's not like somebody um you know is is even gaining i think sometimes from that but and that's what what bothers me about the way we talk about conspiracy theories nowadays in particular 
because we've broadened it out so yeah, much. To, yeah, to just mean things that, to me, sound crazy or out there or I don't believe in. As right. soon as I don't believe in it and it sounds like it could not be true. It's a conspiracy it's just, theory. And you just wave your hand and dismiss the person and dismiss right. the idea. But we use it for all kinds of things now. Mm-hmm. Um, some of them not so out there. You know, no, We're not talking about impending alien invasions. We're talking about, let's say, cooperation among powerful people right. in the world to achieve certain goals that they may have. Mm-hmm. And that gets labeled as conspiracy theory when it seems like well that's actually a fairly realistic possibility right so what you said is things are either true or not mm-hmm. and that to me is the key through this whole thing is we need to be people who are pursuers of the truth wherever it leads us right to contradict our preconceived ideas or to affirm them doesn't matter follow the truth where it leads and don't worry about the term conspiracy theory. I feel like it's a useless term. Right. And I think that's why Christians sometimes get that label a lot is because we really do value truth. You think Absolutely. about it in our world, you've got people that are moving away from truth in the in as a as a concrete idea. And so, in other words, truth now is defined by what I, what is my truth. Right. We hear this term all the time. This is my truth. My lived experience. Yes. So whatever I've experienced in my life, that is, goes into the mixture of me, and then I perceive what's happening in my world based upon that, and that's my truth. Mm-hmm. And the, the problem with that is it's not absolute truth. We no longer believe that there is a creator of the universe that has designed things, that has put into place natural laws. Um, you know, I mean, there's some that are, are undeniable, and yet people still would like to deny them mm-hmm. for their own truth, you sure. know. Um, but these natural laws are still in place, and so we're living in this very difficult place as Christians because we believe in this creator and we believe that he has established truth Mm -hmm. and that's where our truth comes from and then because there's a concrete foundation for truth there is an absolute truth about anything that happens whereas you know if you don't want to believe that i'm not saying this because i believe this if you don't want to believe that bill gates has some agenda with coronavirus vaccines or things like that, uh, you just want to believe that there's a, a vaccine and it's good and everything's great, then that's just what you're going to believe. And you're going to label everybody else as a kook and a conspiracy theorist and how can you think this way and just dismiss them mm-hmm. with that term. And, and, and unfortunately, social media has given rise to this right. opportunity. Misinformation, false information fact-checking, all these kinds of things that social media has now become a participant Mm -hmm. in this arena. It's interesting that you brought up the Bill Gates one in particular, because when we had been discussing this topic, I did go and do a little bit of, not much, but a little bit of reading and and just kind of seeing what kind of stuff are Christians online talking about in terms of conspiracy theories and things of that nature. One of the things that I found is that some of the Major evangelical uh, organizations in North America, the two I'm referring to in particular, 
One is the Gospel Coalition. The other is called Nine Marks. Uh, Nine Marks does stuff with pastors and healthy churches and things of that nature. They both had published uh, more than one article this just this past year on conspiracy theories. Mm. Because they seem to believe that uh, Christians believing in conspiracy theories or what they label conspiracy theories is a major problem in the current Christian church in North America. Now, these conspiracy theories that they're talking about are mainly political ones. We're not talking about alien invasions. Right. It's more like, what's up with the government? Uh, you know, what's going on with uh, corruption? What's really going on behind the scenes? What's going on with this election? Things like that. Mm-hmm. What I didn't like when I read those articles, on one hand, I agreed with them because they were, they were saying that conspiracy theories can be damaging to people. And they're right. They can be, particularly when they're not true. But they were also being very demeaning to people. And they included a lot of different examples in these various articles that I I thought, you know, you're stretching it for me now because a logical person could see that maybe there is some truth to some of these things. And, you know, you're, you're talking about vaccines or things like that. I don't have any special information on any of this stuff. I don't know. I don't know what's in the vaccine. I don't know if it's safe. I don't know when it, I don't know how it came about. I don't know why Bill Gates is involved in it. I don't know any of that stuff. But it, uh, I think a rational person would look at this and, and at least just have some questions. Like, how did right. we, how did we come up with a vaccine this effective, this fast? That seems shady. And you got to ask, why is Bill Gates so involved in this? What does he have to gain from it? Is he really just this wonderful humanitarian, you know, and he cares about saving the world? Um, who's to profit from this financially? You know, Big Pharma is a huge, huge, I don't know how many billions upon billions of dollar industry. Mm-hmm. To just look at those things and say, mm, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it. Does that make me a conspiracy theorist or does that just make me someone who's trying to think about things critically and logically? Right. See, these articles that I'm talking about, they really demeaned that kind of thought. Right. You know, they talked about it in a very negative sense as if yeah, that's uh, just a bad thing for Christians to get involved in. But I'm, I'm not so convinced that you can just do that with a blanket statement. And that's what we've done with conspiracy theory. It sounds outlandish or whatever. To me, therefore, oh my gosh, you're a conspiracy theorist and now you're harming the body of Christ. Well, I think that there's some truth to that, but you got to be careful. So so maybe you could say that the, the problem that we have sometimes as, uh, well, as, as all human beings do, but but even, but maybe a little bit more so, even as Christians, we have a little bit more of a penchant toward this, is that we tend to formulate a theory based upon some of those observations. So you made some really good observations. It's like, why Bill Gates? He's not a doctor. Uh, he's, you know, I mean, I can kind of see it because he's got a foundation and maybe they'll you know, but it doesn't sound like they're really necessarily paying for anything. They're just looking for governments to pay for it. You know, you've got 
issues like big pharma and and them just getting richer as a result of all this uh maybe i don't know if they are but right. again it's like you make these observations so it's one thing to make the observations it's another to stack them all together and then die on that hill mm. and maybe that's more the issue is why as christians are we so prone to die on that hill sometimes it's like can't we suggest that maybe these things aren't true and then accept that you know we're not gonna necessarily try and change the world with this another thing you brought up was secret knowledge mm. and we love this idea of secretly being on the inside you know we found we found this information that nobody You're else has. Yeah, and and all of a sudden we have this information. Um, you know, does that like so? Sometimes people are really, um, I don't know. They're really, you know, they 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 like to lord that over other kind of people. Stokes and, your ego a little bit. Yeah, makes you feel important and powerful and smart. Exactly. Superior, whatever. I think Christians are kind of prone to that sometimes. I think anybody is. No, but I listen. This is this is one of the things. Sometimes people gravitate toward Christianity because it's a conspiracy. Mm. So, you know, there's that. I mean, you think about it. Jesus, that's kind of conspiratorial. It's like he came to this earth. He, you know, the people that followed him there were like. Ah, here's the guy. He's he's in charge of everything. He's taking care of. He's going to take care of us. He's going to rescue us from the Romans. Uh, we're in that group, you know. And so, I mean, I I'm not trying to disparage that whole thing. It's just that that sometimes captivates our imagination a little bit. Um, you know, maybe that can be a okay. Part of so it too. there's there's two sides to this coin. One might be you might gravitate towards conspiracy theories as well. You might gravitate towards them because you want to feel important. You want to feel like you're in the know that you have secret knowledge. It inflates your ego, makes you feel important, whatever. A flip side to that could be that people believe in conspiracy theories because they respect the sinfulness of man. In other words, I don't trust that people have good intentions Right. I have suspicions about people. I know that they're not right. necessarily in this for their own good. That when you follow the lines of decision, usually you follow like why people do what they do. You follow the money trail. You follow the trail of power. Who does this advantage and things of that nature. And over and over and again, uh, you know, human nature has proven itself to be self-centered, wicked, mm -hmm. evil, nefarious. Therefore, to just look at people with some suspicion, a degree of suspicion, knowing what human nature is, that we are sinners who are out for our own selves, that we're willing to lie, to steal, to cheat, to trample on others, to achieve our own ends. Maybe that it's, is another, that's the opposite. We know that about ourselves, too. <laughs> of course, yeah, we know how we are. Right. What would you try to get away with if you had enough power to get away with it? Right. I mean, that's not a conspiracy theorist way of thinking. That's just reality. Right. So I'm just saying there I, I didn't like the, these two articles in particular really demeaned people for why they would believe in conspiracy theories mm. for the basis that you had mentioned. People want to feel like they have secret knowledge. 
But I don't think that's the only motivation or no. reason. Some no. of it could just simply be, I don't trust people. And scripture tells me that power in the hands of a sinner leads to wickedness. Mm-hmm. You think about King David mm-hmm. and what he did with Bathsheba. You know, he yep. he uh, impregnated her. Then he had his, uh, sorry, he had her husband murdered to try to cover it up. Mm-hmm. This was a conspiracy. Like someone yep. could see this and, and it, but it was all true. Right. You know, that's what I'm saying. Like, I, that's why I don't so, like so the So the term. ultimate conspiracy theorist was Nathan. Yeah. The prophet <laughs> of God <laughs> right. who knew what right. was up. I don't know. I mean, I'm just saying people have sketchy motives. People right. can't always be trusted. We're humans. We're fallen. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Bible says things like, you know, you, you have not. And so you kill, you murder so yeah. that you can have it to spend on your own passions. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just human nature. So to to respect the sinfulness of man, I think can lead you to, uh, would, would I even say that you become a conspiracy theorist? I wouldn't say that, but it would lead you to question right. what's really going on. The way people present themselves might not be the same as what's really going on below the surface. Mm-hmm. To me, that's actually common sense straight out of biblical understanding of human nature. So would it be fair to say that you can you can qualify or or maybe distinguish between conspiracy theory and just uh like you say um thinking mm-hmm. just being a thinking person. Free thinking person. A conspiracy theorist they have these connections that and and I've I've met people like this. Somebody told me not too long ago. Somebody somebody told me that um, uh, that Adam and Eve were in the garden. I don't know. Somehow they got the idea that Eve had taken a bite of an apple. Um, that if you look on, I I'll look right over here at the back of the screen on your laptop. It has an apple on it. It has a bite out of it. Right. Um, and so people are basically carrying the Antichrist in their pockets mm-hmm. every day. I write my sermons on it. Yeah. Yes, you write your <laughs> sermons on this symbol of For Satan. Yeah. yeah, and sin. <laughs> and, you know, these kinds of connections are not healthy. These are... I agree. This is when you talk about having secret knowledge... This is where some people go with this stuff. Mm. And it just, it, it doesn't, like, if you're talking about this certain thing could be true, and if it's logical that it is possible that that's true, then that's something to dwell on and think about. But mm-hmm. it's not logical to think that, you know, Apple, even if even if the company, Apple, has chosen the symbol for that reason Mm -hmm. it still doesn't make you evil because you have a computer with that symbol Mm, on it right or you know so there were um some really well-meaning christians that tried to steer us away from going to starbucks one day oh yeah um because the you know the The logo the logo has these symbols this imagery of pagan whatever i didn't really understand it you know there's like i don't know it's 
it's too hard to explain, but uh, the point is, is that again, this is what we do sometimes as Christians. Or you showed me a video. There's another. Oh, these I examples the very, just keep the going. The monster YouTube video yeah. of the lady. She's got a booth set up, and yeah. she's explaining monster energy. Yeah. yeah, and how the M looks like the Hebrew letters oh, yes, for six six six, mm-hmm. and you know the symbol in the O is an upside down cross and. Drinking yep. it, bottoms up. Yeah, you know, all the, yeah, yeah, yeah. The devil laughs every time. You know, yeah. <laughs> and it was yeah. just like, or it's just a brutally horrible substance to put in your body. Yeah, you know, no, like, there's that, another, there's a better reason to not, not drink, drink it. it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, exactly. Conspiracies are funny. In the oh, one of the things that we have to ask as it pertains to anything that we might consider to be true that isn't widely believed to be true is how does it affect my daily life? Mm-hmm. And I would say probably 95% of conspiracy theories are not going to affect your daily life. Right. Uh, or, or at least they're not they may affect it even if they if they are true, but they are they going to change what you do with your day-to-day life? Mm-hmm. And I think that the answer is almost always they're not. Uh they're not going to change who you associate with, they're not going to change what you eat. They're not going to change what you do for a living. They're not going to change how you care about your family. They're not going to change anything. And in that sense, don't worry about it. I'm not saying that we shouldn't be people who think critically or seek the truth. I believe very strongly in thinking critically and searching for the truth. But some truths are more important than others. Uh, And some truths are more personally uh, influential in your life than others so here's an example um somebody well flat earth has become a bit of a mm-hmm. popular conspiracy theory and there's a well there's more than one but i know several people who are flat earthers one of them in particular is a christian you know and they're very adamant they fight for this belief now here's the thing it's like whether or not the earth is flat or not and for the record i don't believe it is but it doesn't let's just say they're right what am I? Well, okay, How let's just. How does that change things? What am I going to do differently with my life now? Right. And the answer is literally nothing. Mm-hmm. I'm still going to work my job, feed my family, love my kids, do my thing. I'm not doing anything different. And due to COVID, you don't have to worry about flying off the end of the earth. There you because go. Because you're not going anywhere. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I don't. I can safely get on the ship or the airplane. Actually, right. I can't anyways. So. Right. Yeah. It doesn't matter. <laughs> I mean, the the point is most. Most of these conspiracy theories, they're, maybe they're almost like hobbies. I don't know. A uh, little interesting things sometimes, that we have on the side. I think sometimes, you know, sometimes it just entertains us, and uh, we. And again, there's there's like this seeking after knowledge that's kind of unhealthy, in a way. And you bring up a great point. I mean, that is really one of the key points. Is like, how much is it going to change my life? And you know, if it is going to change your life. If you're going to change what you do or how you operate based upon a theory that is like not held by a lot of people, you might want to be careful with that. Mm-hmm. Um, you better have really good, solid proof that that is the truth because, you know, again, that's not much different. It's, it's a really fine line between that and uh, hyper-spiritualism. And some of these other things like Gnosticism, which mm-hmm. is 
you know, that was a group of Christians historically and, and here in, and it's given or it's, it's, there's a groundswell of that today. QAnon might be a little bit like that, you know, in that same vein of the Gnostics where we have a secret knowledge Mm -hmm. and this secret knowledge is, is how we operate. We based upon this and we have this and we are privileged uh, the privileged few that that have this information and and we want to give it to you and if you have it then you're going to be saved too and it's a whole religion unto itself mm-hmm. um, and so it's easy for us to get caught up in that like I'm one of the special ones I'm a part of the privileged group uh, anyway that's so that's one of the dangers of it so that's you know those kinds of things we need to be we need to be careful of. yeah we do I guess there's a there's a balance I suppose between being somebody who pursues after the truth no matter where it leads you mm-hmm. and also being a discerning person. You know, I I don't even know if it's a balance as much as those two things are hand in hand. Mm-hmm. We do have to be careful about conspiracies. Um and again, most okay, here's another here's another way to look at this topic of conspiracies especially from a Christian perspective. Mm-hmm. There is there is absolutely without a doubt a grand conspiracy at work we believe that because we know from scripture that the people of god have an enemy and that is the devil and that the devil is the god of this world and that he has power and influence in this world that his agenda he has an agenda is mm-hmm. to attack God, to attack his people, to attack truth. He's a deceiver and a liar. He has been from the beginning. He's a, a destructive force in our world. And he influences and works through people. Mm-hmm. And he's trying to achieve his own ends and means. And so on. in one, in one sense, the entire world that we live in is one big grand conspiracy from the enemy who's trying to wage war against God and the children of God. And yet, we also know mm. that we not, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, that our enemy is not people, our enemy is Satan himself, and also that God is in control, mm. and he is sovereign yep. over these things. That's why I feel like it's not necessarily wrong to be somebody who's interested in certain different theories that seem like they may have some credibility. At the same time, most of them aren't going to change your life because you're on the side of the Lord. Like, just because there is an enemy out to get you, even if that is true, not only in a spiritual sense, in a human sense. In a human sense. So what? Mm -hmm. So what? You have the Lord. I mean, his life, I mean, your life is in his hands. He is sovereign. He's in control. He's steering the events of human history, including your life, in the direction he wants it to go. It may end up somewhere that you don't want to be, and yet he's in control of that. So mm-hmm. on one sense, it's like, yeah, there there is a grand conspiracy, and you may be sniffing out certain little parts of it from sure. a human vantage point, and it's like, lay your head down and go to sleep. Yeah. It's fine. It's yeah. totally fine. This is what we've known and expected from the beginning. Exactly. And you don't need to worry about it because mm-hmm. the Lord is in control. That, that's a different way to look at this. I personally feel like that's the way I look at it because I am at times intrigued by different things you see online that are just curious, that sound sketchy or whatever the case may be. And then I close my browser and I don't worry about it. 
Mm-hmm. That's kind of how I do it anyways. It's mm-hmm. just like, well, maybe. I don't know. I'm not worried about it. Well, I wish I was that calm about it because a lot of times my approach to it is I see these things and I see this snippet of truth and I think to myself, oh, man, if, if that's true, then all the hoops that I'm jumping through – Let's say, for instance, let's go there, you know, with the COVID thing. That's what's given rise to a lot of this anyway. Um, But I I look at it and I'm like, I'm jumping through all these hoops and why am I doing that? I'm doing it as a result of people who are believing that this other thing is true, which it doesn't look like it really is. Mm. And and then it's it's like, and that's costing me money and I'm watching other people suffer and struggle as well. Uh, as a result of it and Mm -hmm. and it just it makes it gets me angry a little bit well i'd be lying if i said that that wasn't sometimes me as well i know i'm I'm, I'm baiting you a little bit yeah well done sir (laughs) by throwing yourself under the bus right yes yes i will now cast myself there as well i mean that does happen to me too so i Mm -hmm. I shouldn't be so uh i shouldn't pretend you know that it doesn't bother me (laughs) these things do bother me um unrighteousness yeah it angers me mm-hmm. and i think it should i just hope that it doesn't rob me of my peace the peace that yes. i have in the lord that is supposed to be surpassing understanding and mm-hmm. and what that means scripturally is you look at your circumstances and they say you should not have peace yet as a believer you have the lord and you have peace anyways mm-hmm. and that's how we want to operate i don't think though that that means okay i said earlier the majority of conspiracy theories, even if they're true, don't affect our lives or we wouldn't mm-hmm. change the way we live. But right. I, I said majority on purpose because I don't think that's necessarily all of them. Nope. There are some. Well, think about, for example, Bonhoeffer, uh, who was in the middle of all the craziness that was Nazi Germany. And he was part of an underground movement trying to take out Hitler. Right. Some people might have said, Man, that's a conspiracy theory. Like, I know that my neighbor disappeared. Right, yeah. And you're saying that people are being put on trains and being brought out to camps and being thrown in. I don't see it. Right, but it's like, that seems a little bit out there. I don't really know what's going on, but, Mm -hmm. you know, like, you seem a little, like, too far with this. And certain people didn't accept that, you Mm -hmm. know, and they pushed for the truth found out what the truth was and worked to undo it. That stuff about the Nazis and and uh concentration camps and stuff that stuff was all on fox news oh yeah, yeah the, <laughs> drinking, they're drinking the kool-aid <laughs> right. but a bunch of that stuff turned out to be true right. right what was really going on sort of behind people's backs in this culture in this in this country and enough people didn't accept let's say the cultural uh truth at the time that eventually i mean it, it took down the regime and thank the Lord that it did. Mm-hmm. But that's, that's, that is an example where, yeah, sometimes the, the reality of what some people might call a conspiracy theory should affect our lives and should cause us to spring to action. Mm-hmm. But that is not the case for a lot of things. So that's why I say I, I don't like the term yeah. conspiracy theory because it feels like it automatically dismisses this as something not only just unbelievable, but just easily dismissed. Well, you could be dismissing something that is real and harming people, in which mm-hmm. case that's wrong. Mm-hmm. We need to care about the truth, and we need to do what we can to 
help people if a situation, anything even remotely like that should arise again. That's not conspiracy. Right. Now, when you when you talk about truth, I have another theory that um, you and I have discussed a little bit, but that's the struggle today is what is truth? How right. do you determine what is truth? Uh, we started out talking about that a little bit, how people have their own truth. They're determining their own truth. Uh, anything that doesn't line up with my truth uh, is something that I'm just going to dismiss either by saying, you know, you're a conspiracy theorist, that kind of thing. But we're living in a day and age where I just see this parallel. It, it popped into my head the other day and I couldn't unsee it. Uh, you know, how it, it reminds me of how at one time the Catholic Church had determined, I, I suppose it was, you know, it was just before the Reformation, really. And they had an approach to how they dealt with the Bible. The Bible was given to the people. It was disseminated to them by the priest. It was not in their own language. You know, one of the great, or the the factors that made the Reformation happen is not only Martin Luther taking a stand, but probably even more so it was the printing press, which then the uh, Bible got translated into languages of the people right. that they could read for themselves what the Bible said. And the thing that we have going on today is we have a similar thing where we've got in our world, there's all of this science and there's the how did the literature mm, right don't yes. they they give it this term yes uh in social media and things like scientific that. scientific literature so they call it the, the literature the the literature so instead of the bible they have the literature right and the literature says this and that's how pretty much every uh news story that's going to prove something this is how the liter this is what the literature says this is what the scientists are saying scientists said this scientists said that you look at the documentation it's it's an overwhelming amount of information it's um and it's not written in language that normal people can understand most of the time um and so there are the priests of our age who are who are the the scientists mm -hmm. and they disseminate to us what the data what the truth is you know adds up to and here's what you're you so you're supposed to believe this because i'm a scientist because i can read the data i can read the literature and i can interpret it and give it to you and you're in the dark and so then when you find some nugget of truth and it seems to make sense to you and you've looked through the data yourself this is what you think is truth that's what they tell you is truth and you're supposed to just listen to them and we're not good at that mm. i mean i would say this that people uh that are uh, of a reformed nature or let's say protestant christians are going to be less able to just digest whatever we're told we tend to it's be kind of in our dna yeah our we tend to DNA. be more uh like the bereans mm -hmm. hopefully where we do the same thing with god's word we hear our pastor and they preach the word and then we sit down and we study it out ourselves and we talk to god about it and and we 
you know, ask him to help reveal truth to us because all of us have that access to God. And not all of us have that access to science mm-hmm. in our day and age. And so, unfortunately, we're left to, to take shots in the dark and to not have the information because we can't trust the sources of that information. These sources, every person that gives out information about what the science, what the data says, every one of them has their own agenda. We can't, we can't really discern that for ourselves of whether that's true or not. I think I told you a few weeks ago that I went searching on the uh, CDC website and the World Health Organization's website. I was looking for uh, death rates from the uh, from COVID. And I had a very, very difficult time finding it. I could find total number of cases per country. I could find total number of deaths per country. And I kind of had to do, you have to do the math on your own. Yes. They didn't have a nice chart. I figured, why would you not have a chart that would just show you what the rates are and all that stuff? The other thing I was trying to do was I was trying to find out how do they collect this data? Mm -hmm. How do they collect what is a COVID death? What is a, like, for example, when somebody gets a test, a COVID test, and it comes back positive. And then they have a second test and it comes back negative. And then they have a third test and it comes back positive again. Like, is that two positive tests? Do they do they count mm. that as a positive test? How are they do that's all I wanted to find out. Mm. What is the criteria that you're using to determine these figures? I could not find it anywhere. Wow. I yeah. was hunting all over there. I'm like, how how is this not like right on the home page underneath right. the chart? Shouldn't they like, be in big, bold letters? Here's the right? criteria yeah. that we use to collect mm-hmm. and use these. And I couldn't find it. It was just, it's stuff like that that makes you think like, somebody's I hiding don't something. I don't know what, right? I, I don't, well, it just makes me skeptical because mm-hmm. I don't necessarily take that and then automatically jump to the conclusion of there's a nefarious plot and, and all that stuff. It just makes me think, are you trying to, like, what are you trying to hide? Why don't you just put this information out there for me to see and find? Right. And it's, it's the same thing. I'm going to go back to my illustration. The Catholic Church was worried that people would take too many freedoms, too draw much their, excess, Draw their own conclusions. Draw their own conclusions. They would, you know, they would determine that this is okay for me or whatever. Right. And, 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 that they, and, and ultimately what it comes down to is you can't trust the little people. Mm. And that's exactly what they're doing with all this information that we're getting or not getting about COVID, you know, and, and I, I'm not trying to make this about COVID or that being a conspiracy or well, anything like that. I brought it up, but, um, well true, but I, but I do feel like that's what's happening with it. It's like, we can't trust the people. We, it's been like that since the beginning. We can't trust people. We can't trust people to, to keep themselves safe or keep others safe. Right. We everybody is just going to want to run out there and spread their germs on everybody else and that's just what they're going to want to do so we have to make rules and So we're being treated like little and, children exactly. who can't have, you know, we're not trusted to make responsible decisions based on the information that we're given. Well, and we're not giving them the information either. Yeah, we're just being told that you should be very afraid. Mhm. I mean, yeah, I was just uh, 
I lost my train of thought. I know. I because, had something. Then because we're starting to go down a road that I don't think we really want to go down. But. Well, no, I didn't really want to go down there too <laughs> yeah. much. But it's a good it's a good parallel. Mm-hmm. It's about, in the case of what you're talking about, the Catholic Church, it was about power. Mm-hmm. It was about they wanted to keep the power and not give it over to the people. Um, and the Protestant Reformation was, you know, the people fighting back, more or less, to uh, to take the power out of the institution's hands. And that's got its pros and its cons. Mm-hmm. It really does. So let's be fair. The The pros of it is it's a lot harder to get away with controlling people because one or two very powerful influencers are controlling all the information that goes out, that kind of thing. So I'm, I am for having information in the hands of people. The downside of that is some people just are not, <laughs> they're not as capable they just aren't. Some people mm. are not as capable of sifting through the data and thinking about it critically or having enough information to evaluate it properly and therefore they draw uninformed conclusions. Now, I just feel like that that's a risk I'm willing to take on a societal level if it means that there's not a concentration of power at the top that's handing down information that you're supposed to just take unfiltered. Because I'm not a fan of that. I think that's very, very dangerous. I think you need to give information into the hands of people and let them make their own decisions and determinations about it. But you are going to get some kooky stuff when you do that, right? Right. I think that is one of the reasons Jesus came. I think that when he's talking to the people, he's, you know, he's talking to these Pharisees and he's really really giving them the business right. you know and then he says things like i've come that you might be set free and we definitely need to be set free from sin um but i think that a part of that was being set free from the tyranny of these religious leaders mm-hmm. that said this is what you do you do this, this, and this, and they made up all kinds of rules that were even outside of the Bible. They took advantage. And I don't know if they took advantage. They might have been really sincerely trying to help people. No, the, I don't think so. Well, okay. <laughs> um, you know, I, I think that there's a certain amount of it, even in my illustration about the Catholic Church, I think that they felt the same way that you did. You just articulated that, not everybody is going to be able to be responsible with that information. Right. And I think maybe the Pharisees were in that boat a little bit too. I don't know. But either way, Jesus established something totally new. And that was that you're going to come to me. And he told personally, individually. And, and he told his disciples that, you know, unless I go away, the helper can't come the the holy spirit can't come and lead and direct in your lives and that's the kind of freedom that we live under today mm-hmm. and unfortunately not all churches do i'm just going to say it that's true. there's there's a lot of uh, there's a lot in christianity that's still trying to disseminate the information to the little people and make sure that they stay in line and they feel like somehow that that your personal righteousness is their responsibility 
And it is our responsibility to spur one another on to love and good deeds, to be a positive influence on others, to uh, make sure that we don't let unwholesome talk come out of our mouths. I mean, there's just a million different principles that we can live by and then have a positive effect on the people around us. But ultimately, we've got to leave people in God's hands. We've got to let the Spirit of God lead and direct in their lives. And sometimes he uses our prompting and things like that to do that. But again, controlling people is a whole different thing. We've got to allow people to be who God calls them to be sometimes. Mm -hmm. And um, so we're notorious for doing the same things that are happening in our world. You know, our world is kind of, we talked about it really, um, secular humanism. I mean, secular humanism is the religion of today. The priests are the scientists. The Bible is the literature. Mm-hmm. And um, we, we're all, we all have to bow down and follow it. And we're also handed a moral code to follow. Absolutely. Which is basically, here's the rules, the social rules, and you have to... And what's obey them? You know what's really ironic about it is, is that the number one rule in COVID, which is kind of highlighting all this. I'm not saying this is the only thing we're talking about, but this highlights. It's a good illustration of it. But the number one rule is, is that you need to be safe for your neighbor. Mm-hmm. You need to love your neighbor. Mm-hmm. Don't you love them enough? Don't you care about them enough to wear a mask? Don't you care about them enough not to? gather in big groups so that our hospitals aren't overwhelmed. I mean, it's all about you being your brother's keeper, caring about your neighbor. Mm -hmm. And it's amazing to me. And the only thing missing is, do you love your God? Right. Right. I mean, that's, that's the thing that's missing. We love the second greatest commandment. Yes. But not the first one. And in Christianity, I believe that we should understand that the second greatest commandment to love your neighbor as yourself flows from the first commandment, which is Mm -hmm. to love the Lord, your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Those are connected ideas, but the world has felt like they can move forward with the love your neighbor bit and leave behind the love your God bit. But there are some very significant problems that come when you try to do that. I mean, one of the biggest ones is the fact that morality is rooted in God. Right. And so if you leave God behind, you've unhinged objective morality from the equation. So now we get to determine what loving our neighbor is. We get to morph it into whatever we decide based on our own personal whims and preferences. Mm-hmm. And you get chaos. Yep. But I don't know. I mean, I feel like I do feel like there's a good parallel there that you're drawing. And I, the reason I pushed back on you, Craig, if I could, um, when you said that you felt like maybe the Pharisees had uh, you know, good motives in what they were doing. I don't know. Maybe, maybe there was some. The reason I pushed back on you, though, was when Jesus criticized the Pharisees, he saw, he saw into their hearts. And he said a number of things that mm-hmm. criticized their motives. I mean, they loved being seen by people. They loved sitting at the seats of honor. Jesus even said that they love money. Uh, so they, they had their own self-interest in mind, at least to some extent. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, absolutely. Now, whether yeah. that's the only thing they had in mind, had they deceived themselves? Maybe, you know, maybe, maybe, a better, maybe a better way to describe it would be 
they probably, like many things, they got started with the right intentions. That could be true, yeah. And it turns into, it always devolves for all of us, every one of us. Every one of us loved to hear our, the sound of our own voices. Sure. Every one of us loves money. Uh, you can't say that about anybody, that they're void of that, uh, of, of some of those same tendencies. Human nature. Yeah. Because um, we all share that one DNA, which is sin. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. It's not really DNA. Okay. Didn't. <laughs> I know what you mean, though. I'm not, but, uh, it's in us. It's, who, not, it's who we are. Right. It yeah. is. So, anyway, um, yeah, we've got about nine minutes, eight minutes left. Um, how do we wrap this up for people? Because we have been all over the board, like we anticipated we would be. Um, we've kind of just scratched the surface on many different areas of this. Um, I think that, you know, it's a it's an extremely interesting subject when you get into the Bible, I mean, you can get like, man, you can find story after story after story, different conspiracies that took place in Israel, in the kingdom, right. you know, uh, of Israel, uh, in, you know, the book of Esther was a conspiracy. I mean, Judas was a conspirer. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So you can see a lot of that all the way through the Bible. And there's a lot of lessons to learn there, but you know, what, what's our takeaway for people i mean what would we we want this podcast to be something that is helpful for our listeners and that they can you know all take right away from how about it. how about i pitch you an idea and then you tell me if you agree uh i i feel currently that it is still worthwhile to push back against uh, the squelching of free thought because mm-hmm. that's how I see society operating at the moment. It is the squelching, the pushing back, the pushing down of free thought. And it's basically, we're going to spoon feed you what the narrative is supposed to be. And you're going to tell us, I'll tell you, here's a good example. Okay. Uh, here we go. New tentacle to go down. All right. <laughs> we had mentioned in a previous one, I think it was during the world economic or, or during the great yep. reset. I mentioned the world economic forum. They put out a video in 2015, a bunch of predictions for the future. Number one on the on the list was, you will own nothing, mm-hmm. and you will be happy. Right. I thought, like, propaganda much? Yeah. Like, it's one thing to say, the future is you will own nothing. And then to add the second part, though, and you will be happy. It's like, that is brainwashing, man. That's and wild. This is the kind of thing that happens all it's the like, time. It's like, come on, these guys all read 1984. They That's all what read, I'm saying. It's, it's nuts. You it's, know, it's it, how can they not? Ugh. The thought police, right? Yep. It's like now yep. we're going to tell you how to think, what the truth is, and how you're going to feel about That's it. What you're going to like. Yep. It's crazy. And so I do think it's worth pushing back against that. I, I do. do think that's a battle worth engaging in. I do think it's worth not accepting the party line automatically being a free thinker being a critical thinker doing your own research thinking for yourself not being completely uh, just led by what everybody else tells you to think i i think that that is a value worth holding on to and at the same time having a value that's still a notch higher than that one which is to know you're fighting a losing battle Mm -hmm. and that it's okay Mm -hmm. because god's in control 
Right. I think that those two things can coexist. Yep. I find that a lot of Christians are choosing one or the other. Right. That's my that's my observation. There are some Christians who are like, we got to get down and fight for our culture, you know, to reclaim this nation, that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. Right. And then you've got people who are like, I can't believe you guys are engaging in the kingdoms of this world. Don't you know that we're part of a kingdom that's not of this world? Mm-hmm. And it's like both of those can be true at the same time. We are not of this world. We have a kingdom that's not of this world. Therefore, we should not expect life on this earth to be fair. We should not expect that it should go the no. way we want. Mm-hmm. We should not expect that our nation will honor God. We mm-hmm. should not expect those things. Yet is it still worth engaging in the kinds of activities to to at least push back against the push of, of evil and wicked men? Sure mm-hmm. it is. Like, you can do both. Mm-hmm. That, for me, is the big picture on how I see this stuff. I care about the truth where I, I like to f- I want to follow the truth wherever it leads me. And sometimes that's going to reveal that there is issues going on in front of me mm-hmm. in my own culture, in my own world mm-hmm. that I'm not comfortable with that run against what I believe is good for society, what is righteous, what is all those things. Mm-hmm. And I think it's worth, you know, casting a vote I think it's worth, uh, you know, doing what you can to push back against those things and at the same time having the peace to know this is all falling apart anyways and that's part of God's plan. Mm -hmm. And I am not of this world, ultimately. Heaven is my home. That all the things that I long for find their origin in there, in God's kingdom. And I can just leave it in God's hands. Mm -hmm. Ultimately, I'll leave it in God's hands. That's yeah. my premise. What say you? Yeah. Well, I, I think to follow up on what you're saying there, to, to summarize it a little bit, and I'm going to steal some of Jesus' words. I'm not going to claim that these are contextual necessarily, but they do ring of truth in, in some of the things you're saying there, which is, you know, Jesus, when he was sending out his disciples, said, therefore be as shrewd as snakes and as innocent as doves. Mm. And that just, that concept just reminds me of kind of where we're at. It's a balance. It's a balancing act. You're talking about it. We need to be aware that these things are happening and yet not make our, not lose our minds over it. Um, And that's that kind of balance is that, you know, we're just going to have to be shrewd people and at the same time uh, be willing to, maybe lose our freedoms knowing that this is the way the world is going and that's and those things aren't where our hope lies those aren't our value right um and so that's you know that's part of what i would say uh, a thought that was running through my head in terms of what do we tell people how do we help them first of all yeah you do need to be shrewd that way because we have an enemy that masquerades as an angel of light. So we do need to be wary of the things that we hear and, and that we take in. And especially whether those things change our lives, as you brought up earlier. Um, sometimes that can be, you know, we can find this secret thing and we begin to change our lives as a result of it. And realize this, the, angel, the, the enemy masquerades as an angel of light. So even though you are like, well, this is what the real truth is, and you start pursuing after it, be careful. 
because he loves to get us off track. Mm. Um, another thing to to realize is is that he is one day going to send his representative, and he that false prophet and and that antichrist those two are going to work and conspire together to lead uh lead the whole world the whole astray. world astray but yeah. but but most importantly we need to realize that that his desire is ultimate to lead us astray mm, and right. so if we're not again shrewd as wolves and or serpents and and uh, innocent as doves then you know we need to uh, we we need to make sure that we're aware that we're on top of it because um so we do need to question we do need to let our thoughts are not not let people beat down our thoughts with with you know saying things like you're you're just a nut job just a conspiracy theorist um you need to you need to per- pursue those thoughts again but it shouldn't radically change your life. And one of the reasons that it shouldn't have this profound effect on us is because we know God's in control. We know that, as you already pointed out, this world is not our home. Uh, We don't put our hope in the things of this world. So the things that are being taken away from us, like you mentioned the, um, uh, the World Economic Forum and and one of their platforms is is that you'll have less and you'll love it or whatever something along those lines it's like i li- i listen to that and i'm just shaking my head i'm like i no no that's not true but the fact is is that i can live with less that i will be living with less because this is the way the world is going and um i'm putting way too much hope my god is not in heaven but he's down here. He's in the things that I have, the resources that I have, the security that I've made for myself. You know, I've got a good home. Uh, I'm able to procure groceries and food. You know, one of the things that I talk about with everything that's happening with COVID and and where our governments are all driving us to is we're all going to be standing in line for bread Mm. one of these days uh, because we're going to be all out of money. I mean, there's going to be nothing left. Uh, At least little people like us, that's where we're going to be. And uh, some of these people that are on the World Economic Forum, they're not going to worry about that stuff, but we are. Uh, So I say all that to, to just say, you know, but that's still not where my security lies my security lies in him right and if i have to stand in bread or line for bread um you have the bread life i still have i still have the gospel to share with a world that is you know really desperately needing it so anyway that's kind of that's kind of where i uh end up or leave it um so until we meet again, I guess, right? I don't know. Yeah. You ready to wrap this up? Yeah, I'm we, good. I'm good. Okay. <laughs> well, um, I, I guess we'll just leave you with those thoughts. I, I hope that you don't put your hope in whether or not these things are true or not. Mm. I hope that you can, as you mentioned earlier, let your head hit the pillow and know that God's got this. He's got us and that we don't have to worry about it. And I hope that we also 
continue to be people who think for ourselves mm-hmm. and are are willing to you know have those conversations in spite of people canceling us on Facebook or uh, you know criticizing us and as uh, dismissing us as conspiracy theorists and nut jobs and those kinds of things. And until next time, uh, may God bless you and continue to help you walk this tightrope mm-hmm. of a life that we're living in. Um, I hope this hasn't left you, if, it, if it's left you feeling a little bit like, um, you know, out, out in the wind, so to speak, uh, unmoored maybe is a better way to put it. If it's left you feeling that way, understand this. You can always turn to him. He he is uh, he he was willing to come to this earth and give his life for us. He certainly loves you and cares about what you're going through, and you can cast all your cares upon him. Until next time, God bless.